This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! A lot of texts coming in here. Wes and Harrison, amongst a few others, asking, why does Arkansas not do what you see the Eagles do now, that you can push your quarterback on, uh, you can push the, the ball carrier, right, at the line of scrimmage, at the goal line, whatever. And yet we're taking, we're taking a, a shotgun snap and then handing to a running back whose first movement isn't to come up for the ball, it's to move to the side to look for the opening. And look, I mean, I'm not a football coach. You gotta I've have never, a... I haven't played the sport, so I don't know if my opinion is very valid on all of this. But I don't, I don't get the shotgun snap on fourth and short, which we've seen now. I mean, we've seen that hey, in almost game, every Liberty fourth game. and short. We saw it last year a couple times. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem to be going the the way we want it to. I, I don't mind the play call. I think it's a. It's kind of the same concept. You're just getting that running back in front of your ball carrier instead of pushing from behind. A lot, a lot of people, uh, Philly's offensive line. I mean, their their center is a Hall of Fame center. You know, I mean that kid. I don't know that. Uh, are we? I don't know if we're strong enough to really just mono e mono and, and do that. I think we have to be a little to, to try well, to let, figure let, out a let way. Let me let me ask you this then. So we've seen we've seen the three running back. Formation right. at the goal I like line that this play. year already. Yep, yep. Why not do that near midfield? What's and the difference? I'm I'm with you. Yeah, and you have a little you have a little tight end pop. Uh, you have a little pitch at eight or a pitch at nine. That that thing I'm telling when they start pitch pitching in, you you send them out there. You see every team run that play where you either give it to the fullback and flip it back to the running back, a little misdirection, uh, and then and then you have some type of pass play off that. And, and a lot of teams might might do like that jump pass. You know something that's that, that's in that that same vein of a play where they can't. Just just cr- crash in and, and you're able to have two options. 877-377-6963 for calls and texts on the McClarty Daniel hotline. Charlie's up first. Good morning, Charlie. How are you? Oh, I guess I'm good, guys. You could end the phone call right there just with the deep breath and the sigh if you wanted to, Charlie. That would explain it all. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. I just you know, when I watched that last drive and I'm sitting there, like, dumbfounded, almost like, how can we not block any of these guys? And it was just, it was honestly sad. And uh, I felt bad for KJ. I know he's going to, he's got to protect the ball a little better, but I think he was trying. He was doing everything in his power to make plays. I mean, you get the ball last with a minute and, yeah, it wasn't KJ's fault. I, I don't think you. I mean, I, I know the quarterbacks no. get a lot, a lot of the credit and a lot of the blame, but I, I don't think K, it was his fault. Yeah. Absolutely, I just think he was trying. And uh, you think about the fourth and nineteen, we converted, and uh, you know, I'm thinking, okay, we're in business here. We got a shot, and then we, I think, we get some more flags. So it's just frustrating. I think watching that more than anything, the discipline of the team, and in gear four, and I love Sam Pittman. You guys know that, but, um, you know, the penalty issue that we've had since he's been here, it doesn't seem to me that it's gotten much better. Now, the other day, more of the penalties obviously were holdings and things of that nature. They had some pre-snap stuff, too, and you just can't you can't have that at home. You just can't, and now you're going into a game coming off 15 penalties. Th- isn't that what they had, Phil? 15 accepted penalties against them? I thought it was 12, 12 for 175 or something. I, see okay. four, I think it's that 14, 14 for 150 or something like that, yeah. It's yeah, 14 penalties for 125 yards. There you go. You can't do that. And BYU, I think, was half that. They were the more disciplined team, so... You're not going to win any game playing that way. You don't deserve to win a game playing that way, and it's frustrating. And I'm with you, Phil. I thought the defense played great, and other than maybe a few busts here and there and the trick play that they hit on us, but I, I thought they played great, and then we put them in those situations. I'm with you guys. You know, you can say the double A-gap stuff is an issue and blah, 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 but I'm still not putting K.J. in the gun on 14 points. I'm just not doing it. And I'm with you, Phil, with that, that three-back 
whatever they got down by the goal line. Why not do that at midfield? So, let me let me ask anyway, another question here. You know, uh, when it comes down to this, thanks, Charlie. It's good to hear from you. So, so Matt, if the A gap is closed, and then it obviously looks like your opponent expects that you're trying to get those two inches right there over the offensive line. You got a guy like AJ Green. He's really fast. Why not pitch it out to the if there if if the defense is expecting it all to come right there defensive line, why not use that as a decoy? Go out wide. That seemed to be where they had most of their success anyway. Well, I I I would like to think that any one of our running backs feel that if you if you see that as a quarterback and I don't know how they call it, they they might call both plays or give you both options. They might just call one at a time. And then sometimes you check if there's two outside the if there's two outside your tight end, then you wouldn't run the play. But if there's just one, I'm with you. You flip it out to AJ Green one on one, he's going to fall forward and get a yard. So I, especially when it's a cornerback or you know somebody out there that's not used to tackling, all you got to do is 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 and he's man, he's our fastest back. I, I I don't understand why he only had nine touches. Yeah, and then and then keep in mind they were about to go for another fourth and one later on in the second half, and um, ended up getting called for a false start. So and never saw what would have happened on that play. Well, that's because of well what happened another offensive penalty, and, and look with the penalties just. I mean, the, the offense and the defense, you know, there's give and take between the two of them, right? BYU's defense committed two penalties for 20 yards. Arkansas's offense, 10 penalties for 55 more yards. So, I mean, that goes into the idea of the field position that these teams played with, too. I mean, BYU had much better field position for most of the game, and that also goes into the idea of, of field position thanks to penalties when Arkansas had the ball offensively. Eight seven seven three seven seven sixty nine sixty three to get on halftime here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. I, I feel well. We get a text here from Justin says, "Don't go fourth and one on your forty with a ten le- a ten point lead." I, I I think fourth and inches was it at your forty or was it closer to the fifty? Uh, yeah, I, I think we had the ball on our side of the field where you're kind of in that, that in-between land where if you punt it, it's really going to only net you 17 yards. Um, you, you have to uh, – no, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for I – like I like the idea. I, I'm, I'm all for going for it right there. Well, absolutely. with the result that we saw. You just got to run a – you got to have better execution and get it. Yeah. What, do you, what about now? What about you do now? I mean, I know you'd like to – in a perfect world, you've got an offensive line and you've got, and you've got a running back and you've got a coordinator that everything works to get the two inches that you need. But right now, that might not be what this team is. So when you're playing against LSU this Saturday and you face the same situation – I mean, a lot of it will depend upon the score. And right now, I think the defense is ahead of the offense for Arkansas. Given the same situation against LSU this Saturday, I'm punting. What What are your thoughts on throwing the ball in that situation? Because a lot of times when you have that type of situation right there, you're going to get man coverage. Your best versus their best. KJ's our best player. You got to throw it. Armstrong, whoever you want to do. Luke Haas. Uh, Tesla, whoever whoever you want to throw it to, that's I mean that's you're, you're putting our you're letting our best guys give us a chance to win the game, and that's KJ throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, th- I think about that, and I'm like, well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense uh, because then you then you got the capability of maybe taking it all the way to the house. Do you have the one player that you trust? to get open in that moment. And I think right now Armstrong and to catch might the ball. be the one guy. And I think Tesla can catch it. I think I think Tesla catches it too. It's just can he get open? Yeah, text out of the 903. Fred in Texarkana says he feels a lack of trust in the offensive line because you got the quarterback and the shotgun. I don't know. I still think if he, I mean, it's just it's simple mathematics. He's four yards behind the ball in the shotgun and on inches. I'd rather have him right up against that line of scrimmage. Just lean forward. Just get a. I mean, you get a. You get a little bit of a push from your center, even a little bit. And if KJ just leans forward, I don't mean hold the ball out, but just lean forward. Ten times out of ten, you're getting that first. Well, I should say nine and a half times out of ten. You always got to leave at least one specific uh, one uh, one little potential spot for disaster to go. But that uh, did seem to be the way that the uh, where the game turned. And, uh, you know, text coming in about viewing this as an embarrassing loss. This is not a loss to Liberty. I don't think this is a loss to the Citadel. Um, I don't even think this is a loss to North Texas. 
I think BYU is a good program. I think this team that Kilani Sataki brought in this year is better than they had the last year of being an independent. And they had playmakers that they brought in from other programs. Those tackles, they didn't start at BYU. Um, Was there center from Utah? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, they, they, they had 21 transfers. So, I mean, Arkansas remade their roster through the portal. BYU did that even more so. Uh, and they had the kind of tackles that you're going to face when you start playing in the SEC. Guys that are 325, 335 pounds and move. Uh, and the right tackle for BYU is the one that opened up the hole for L.J. Martin to score that long touchdown. Really, most of the rushing came on the one run by L.J. Martin in that first half for BYU. So I don't, I don't view this as losing to some talentless team that's full of only two stars. Uh, I, th- I think BYU, I think they knew Elevating up to the Big 12, they had to get more talented. I think they are more talented than they were the year before. Uh, absolutely. We, we talk about uh, guys wanting to transfer to the SEC, Phil. Uh, you have a team like BYU going to the Big 12. That's, that's, that's a Power 5 conference. I know there's not five anymore, but you, you want to transfer and play against that competition. And I also think part of it is that you're up 14 nothing, and you're up 10 points in the second half. It was a little too easy at the first, you kind of, and you kind of didn't step on the throat when you had a chance and let him hang around. I hear a lot about wanting to be really good. You can win a game in the first five minutes and the last five minutes of either half. You know, that's where Arkansas did all their scoring. And then in the middle minutes... The middle minutes in both halves, not much happened of moving that ball back and forth. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more info. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. We'll talk here with Mike Irwin from Pig Trail Nation. This is while Sam Pittman is at his Monday afternoon press conference, and I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of interesting questions and answers going on. Mike, good afternoon. How are you today? Doing good. How are you? We're all right, ma'am. We're all right. Bummer <laughs> of a loss on Saturday to BYU. When you look at what's coming up ahead for Arkansas, a lot of question marks. What would you think of the loss? Well, obviously the penalties killed him. I'm not sure I've ever seen a game – with that many momentum changes, you got fourteen nothing by Arkansas, then you got twenty one nothing bounce back by BYU, then seventeen nothing by Arkansas, then seventeen nothing by BYU. It's just back and forth. It's like somebody had a switch and they were turning each team on and off. It, a short field really was the problem for Arkansas. When you gave BYU a short field, they scored. When you had them backed up, they didn't. They didn't move the ball very well. So there was an issue there, but a lot of it was the penalties, and there's no question some of those penalties were legit. But I do, I've gone back and looked because I've read what some of the fans have said, and they, this Big 12 crew, overlooked a lot of holding on the part of BYU. And then there were these mystery calls. Probably the worst one I saw was the roughing the passer call on Greer. I mean, my goodness. He's coming in there, he's about ready to tank his quarterback. The guy gets the ball off just over his head. He slows, puts his hands down, bounces off his chest with his hands, and the guy takes two steps backward and doesn't leave his feet, and that's roughing the passer? Are you serious? Mike, Mike, that's how they draw call. it up. Mike, when, when they're going to show film on exactly what to do, I, I'm with you, Mike. That was the, one of the worst calls. I mean, if that's textbook on how he stopped and put his hands up, and they called that flag. That was bogus. Yeah, and... and to me, guys, the answer, and I'm not Eurocheck, I don't know how they how they work this out, but if you play a non-conference game, to me, you need a referee crew from a conference not involved. Like you could have the AC, an ACC crew or a Big Ten crew or whatever. 
but not somebody from the Big 12. They just did a terrible job. Uh, you know, there was a pick play call or a pick called on uh, Tesla. Uh, no, who, it was on uh, Haas. Yeah, Dylan Haas, yeah. Or Luke yeah, Haas. And so Luke, I think it's, I've gone back and forth on this, guys. I'm told it's has. has. And the person said, think has been. And I'm going, I don't want to think has been. He just got here. But that's the way he said it. Pronounce it has. But anyway, whatever. That I thought that was a bad call. The excessive celebration. Mm-hmm. Uh, the explanation Pittman said he got was that some of the players looked like they were trying to go up into the stands. What? Seriously? I, I don't think anybody saw that. So it was pretty weird. That uh, that final drive that do um, you think the only thing I, I thought KJ was going to take us down and score, Mike? Do you think it was just the penalties when when they knew that we were going to pass the ball? We we just didn't give him much time. Yeah, they were able to just go right after him, and it was a desperation thing. And you know, I, I think that's where they got a bunch of the holding calls, and that's a little bit unfair. They're in a bad situation, but there was might have been one offsides penalty there too. Sam Pittman just said in his press conference, if we have half the number of penalties that we had in that game, we win. So he's basically saying we got to we, we don't eliminate them, but we cut them back. He also said that they're probably going to move K.J. around a little bit more in the offense to help the O-line. You know, when you look at all this and what's transpired, people are criticizing us in the media as if we were just standing there all during August watching everything they did. We didn't see a lot of this stuff, and so we're seeing it for the first time just like they are. But clearly, when you bring in a new offensive coordinator with a new system, Everybody has to learn that system. And to me, that's where, if you look at what's going on on the defensive side of the ball, they've picked that up well. There's no question that the secondary is better. The D-line is better. They probably should bring bring more blitz pressure, and I think maybe they will. But there's been a clear improvement on the defense. They've gone backwards offensively. And I think K.J. is more restricted, and that's not his thing. He's an improviser, and he's, he's more restricted now. And so we may see them loosen him up a little bit in that respect, just to try and help out the offensive linemen. Somebody made the point on Facebook, I was reading everything I could read from the fans trying to gauge where they were at. And amid all the madness, fire this guy, fire that guy, everyone's terrible, a guy made a point. He said, you recruit these offensive linemen for three, three years to be in an RPO system, and now they're not. And you just can't expect an immediate adjustment. So maybe there's something to that. I don't know. They've had some injuries, too. Had to move some people around. The issue is people are assuming if you lost to BYU, you're now going to lose every SEC game. And you're not looking at that the right way. The entire SEC has been up and down, not just Arkansas. I mean, you had LSU up, LSU down. You know, you had South Carolina down, then back up. You've had A&M up, then A&M down, then A&M back again. So I'm not ready to assume that Arkansas is about to do a 180 or or continue where they are going backwards and backwards and backwards just because SEC play has started. I mean, BYU might, might definitely be able to beat a lot of other SEC teams. We've certainly seen stuff like that so far. Well, they have four wins in SEC towns. You know that they put that up on the on the broadcast. Uh, so it's not that this is the only place where BYU has won a game in this conference, and it's not to say that you know you should accept it or anything. But I wonder a little bit about it. it's like you're talking about bringing a new coordinator, and you have outside of uh, Josh Braun players that have been with the program at least for a year, even if you're a redshirted like Andrew Chambly or you're a sophomore like Patrick Kudis. Um, they didn't bring any tackles. Uh, in from the transfer portal, and 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 that tell I'm guessing as to why maybe they went after some tackles. Nobody came to Arkansas, or or maybe the thought was we're going to be just fine with who we have there with Kudis and either Manuel or Chambly. Maybe Tykes Crawford might get in over at right tackle. I'm not sure how they view Crawford right now. Um, from what I heard Sam Pittman talk about after the game on Saturday, it's like this is just sort of how you're going to play throughout the year. Right, You need help. The tackles are going to need help from running backs, from tight ends. I don't think they were planning on that this year. I think they expected 
that Kudis and either Manuel or Chambly would be really good at tackle. And it's not to say that they won't be. It's just over for the first three games this year, it hasn't been as it hasn't been what was expected. Well, and again, we've all got our own opinions, and fans certainly do. But when I look at it, I see three straight opponents all doing the same thing, all loading up to stop your run, and I'm just mystified by the play calling. I mean, has should be more. He should be targeted more. Every time they throw the ball to him, he's open. So why are you throwing it to him twice? I'm targeting him eight times. Uh, what about Satania? A kid with that kind of speed, I'd line him up at least every other series of downs. I'd line him up on the edge and have him run a flag route, just take off. I mean, he's going with his speed, he's got to take a cornerback and a safety with him. Otherwise, he's going to score. So if you pull people out of an area with a guy that has that kind of speed, you can float other receivers into that area. And instead, what we're seeing is run on first down, run on second down. Oh, we got to throw on third and eighth. That's just not the offense that I envisioned when I was thinking about all this stuff last spring and even all through the summer. Yeah, we, we, we got to be better on third down. Um, you know, some positives, Mike, when, when you look at this, I, I didn't see any quit out there. And do, what, what about this defense? Do you think this defense is good enough to sustain us these next few games? And, and do, are we still going to get to six, seven wins this year? Well, it's possible. I, you know, I think it's going to be tough. But the, the part of the defense is, is having an offense that doesn't keep you on the field all the time or doesn't give up the ball to the other team. In, with bad field position, I don't. I assume they're going to get better punting. That was a, a, a real weird thing where back-to-back punts went just a few yards. So I don't expect to see that again. I'm not sure what Pittman will do in terms of fourth and short anymore. When everybody debates that, you know, should KJ have come up under center? Do you give the ball to a bigger back and all that? To me, the question is, why don't you punt it? You're at midfield. You got to. You know, you got a lead. You got a ten point lead. You don't need to get that first down to take a risk like that. So does this change his attitude toward that? I don't know. Uh, football is all about learning lessons from game. Uh, I've always heard you learn more from a loss than you do from a win. So we'll see what they learn from this game. Yeah, and what I'm learning is I'd like to get Satania the ball a little bit more, a little bit more often. Oh. I like what I've seen from Armstrong. I think um, Tesla had some trouble getting open against BYU. Uh, contested catches, it looks like he's great, but he may have some defenders on him this year. Jaden Wilson's had trouble with with uh, some drops. Um, I don't I don't see the risk for uh, getting Satania out there a little bit Put more Put him often. in Jaden Wilson's role. Could you see him mm-hmm. running those routes? Like, yeah, yeah, I could see that. I, I, I think you, Satania needs to, you need to find a way to get, because he, he's, he's so fast. If you can find a way to get him the ball in space, if he makes you miss, you're not going to catch the kid. Yeah, absolutely. And then even just the threat of him being out there, an opposing secondary is crazy. If it, yeah, you're right. It's going to affect him because they know it, the speed he's got. So he's a threat every time he lines up on the edge. Do you sense, um, I mean, the fans are frustrated that, that it's it's Sam's fourth year and you're looking for answers on the offensive line. I think everybody kind of expected that Sam Pittman was brought in uh, specifically so that this would be a good line of scrimmage team. And, and I think at times over the first three years, they really were, especially year two and nine wins. That was a really good line of scrimmage team, probably the best offensive line that Sam has had. Uh, again, it's only three weeks into this season, but the line it feels like it's taken a step back. He's got to be frustrated with that too. You know, and I think that that might have that shown itself a little bit uh, in, in Saturday's press conference. Either that or I know he was annoyed with the questions. I'm just not sure if the reporters got an answer to the question about why do you have him behind, you know, taking the snap from shotgun. But I can see the frustration from Sam about the offensive line. I'm, I'm assuming he would have thought that that this that in his fourth year you'd have an offensive line, not necessarily dominating, but it would be one of the strengths of the team. It's going to be interesting to see if he gets involved some in practice this week. I don't expect him to take over completely. I saw Joe Kynes try to do that when he was an interim head coach, be the defensive coordinator and the head coach. It didn't work. It's a bad idea. But you might see him more involved over there. I will say one thing, and a lot of fans are going to poo-poo this, but they did – the running game wasn't terrible in this game. They were okay. 
the problem was the, was the penalties. You take those penalties away, and then suddenly this effort this last week looks a lot better. So that, to me, is the issue rather than they just can't run block or they just can't pass block. It, 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 stop holding, you know. Mm-hmm. Stop the penalties, and, you know, you had 170 yards rushing. You might want over 200, but you're sort of getting there. Just don't hurt yourself. Does this kind of, what, what we saw against BYU, does that kind of fit into just what we've seen overall from the SEC in, in these first four weeks, and I'm counting week zero? It's just it's just really surprising how the SEC went from being the most dominant league in college football, and it's not even close, to right now, man, I mean, it's pretty obvious. The league is down, and it's a lot farther down than anybody would have expected. Yeah, you're getting all kinds of explanation for that. Some people even think this change in the way the clock works is shortening the length of games. You know, I <laughs> I don't know if you can make that argument. I, I I can definitely see where if Arkansas had you know a few more minutes in that game, especially that last drive, they'd like to have that. But is the is the fewer you're having fewer plays in a game? Is that causing the SEC to have problems? I, I don't think so. Maybe it's just a weird thing that's going on right now. Maybe it turns around this week and next week and the week after. I don't know. Uh, But right now, when you look at Alabama, I just can't believe what I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. That doesn't even look like an Alabama team. And even Georgia was rolling, and then all of a sudden they're struggling against South Carolina. Which A&M team are we going to see in two weeks? Which LSU team are we going to see? So it just kind of—it's so far it's been up, down, up, down, back and forth. Yeah, every which way, and including to the side. Mike, appreciate your time on these Mondays. Thank you very much. See ya. Thanks, Mike. Mike Irwin from Pig Trail Nation on half them with us every Monday right about this time. You see some of the games coming up this weekend, Matt Jones. You see some of this? That Notre Dame Ohio State game caught my eye. Colorado at Oregon, two thirty ABC. I got Oregon by seventeen. What's the spread on that one? Twenty-one. Okay, so they know Vegas knows what I'm thinking. Yeah. UCLA and Utah, two thirty on Fox. Same time, Ole Miss and Alabama kick off. And Oregon State and Washington State, and they can call that the remnants game, the remnants of the Pac-12. Ohio State, Notre Dame, is at Iowa, Penn State. Goodness gracious, the list goes on and on and on. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in. On the action. Remember to use our promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. The year of the sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Had a lot of text coming in here wondering why K.J. Jefferson was running out of bounds uh, at times. Now, he did take on a couple of the defenders, including that safety, the first play of the game. Maybe an answer here from Sam Pittman says that uh, K.J., this is a quote coming from his press conference, which ended, uh, I guess, about 20, 15, 20 minutes or so. He says, K.J. was a little banged up going into the game. I'm sure that's part of the reason because how he was feeling. So there it is. It's the first time that we refer, we've heard the reference to K.J. being banged up. He went into the game a little bit banged I, up. I thought K.J. ran the ball smart. Uh, if, if you're talking about one of those last plays where we scored on the very next play, giving the ball to A.J., and you thought maybe he would could, could cut back right there instead of running out of bounds, yeah, you kind of thought. But that's not his style. He's not a cutback type of guy. You know, that's that's not what he does. I thought he ran the ball smart. I mean, you, like you said, that first play – uh, that, that quarterback power and, and, and hit the safety, but 
he's already a little banged up, Phil. That's that's what I mean, man. You gotta. He just can't. You, you can't take those running back type of hits. You know, running backs by committee nowadays. You know, you don't want your quarterback getting hit ten times a game. It's just I know he's a big, strong kid, and I'm glad he's on our team. Uh, but but still, those those quarter you, ten ten hits a game is too much. I feel like turnovers and penalties are things that you can fix. KJ's usually so good third holding down. onto the ball. Yeah. Well, and third down also goes into what you do on first and second down, which is trying to get more than two yards and a little bit of dust thrown up in the air. But the penalties, you know, the 10 offensive penalties, that can be fixed. I would expect there isn't going to be another game this year where you have, what was it, three false starts and four holdings or the other way around? You got That's an- rare. I don't, I don't think that'll happen again. There's only one way to go from that kind of a performance penalty-wise, and that's much, much better. That's, that, was, I mean, that's, that is a main reason why you were on third and long so often. Not just inability to have success on first down running the ball, because there were some plays they did, but then sometimes the next play, holding back 10 yards, now you're second and 14. And it, it feels like the drive is over really before it started. I feel like that can be fixed. Well, you, you have to be able to go on to uh, Phil. You, you have to be able to change your your snap count. They, uh, these players should know your quarterback's voice. But but we talk about when they're pinning their ears back. You got to be able to go on a quick count. You got to be able to go on one, and you got to be able to go on two. These are just things you have to be able to do, uh, and it kind of changes them up. KJ banged up. Maybe that's why he wasn't under center on the fourth down. Uh, Cindy in Fayetteville texting that in. Hey, man, I, I give the ball to your running back. Um, I, I, I thought K, I, the game was not KJ's fault. He had a couple bad throws. You're going you're gonna to have some bad throws. Uh, but I thought KJ, he played well. I thought our defense played well. It, it was a game of runs. I, I think, Phil, if we played BYU 10 times, we'd win eight of them. It's just, it's just kind of how it, how it went. If there was another quarter, we were going to go on a run. We were going to go down the field and score on that last drive. We get, just kept getting penalties. And, you know, then it was a fourth and 19. KJ kind of runs a little bit and finds number nine down for right at the first down sticks great but you know we got a first and 10 then I think we got back-to-back penalties again you know it's like you can't the, the penalties are that man they're 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 just it's like uh, like I say in baseball it's like getting that fourth out man you know they uh and that on that last drive you have a couple you have a couple of linemen that had that left that left the field I think it was cramps I don't I don't think it was a major injury or anything Patrick Kudis and uh and Chambly both had to come out in, on that last drive. Okay. So Latham moves yeah. over to left tackle, yeah. and the first, I mean, even before the first play he took it, left tackle, false start. You know I mean? That's tough to do, man, when, when you're not practicing in there and you're, you're an inside guy going to an outside guy. And, and no question about it, Phil, number 10 for BYU is the best defensive player that, that Arkansas. So I know we've only played three games so far, but he was the best player that I've seen that I'd be trying to portal get that guy in the portal. I had to practice saying his name, Vong Fachan. It took up the whole back of his jersey, yeah. and I was like, we'll just call him number 10. Yeah. A.J. Vong Fachan. Stud. He's a stud. He's pretty good. I liked um I liked the other uh, linebacker that they brought up. He was kind of spying on on KJ every once in a while too. Uh, which one was that guy? That was Ben Bywater. Yeah. I thought he was he was really I thought that was a pretty good defense he faced. I think it's a better defense than you faced last year. Obviously, he put up 52 points against him last year. 31 Well, the offense didn't score 31 points. They scored 24. And in in Satania got to the other seven from the punt return. Mm-hmm. It's three weeks in a row now that you've had a non offensive touchdown. Two from the defense, linebackers returning interceptions for touchdowns and then the, the punt return. So while Arkansas is averaging what do I have here? Offensively, averaging thirty eight points a game. They're gotta, really averaging thirty one. Gotta make that field goal as well. Another mm-hmm. short field for him. Uh I'm a I'm a Cam Little fan. Uh I think he's big time. It's uh, th- these are the moments that you got to step up and be all conference. All conference kickers make that field goal. To the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Hello, Brian in Ozark. Have you uh, woke oh, it up from the Texas Longhorn sleepwalking through the first three quarters against Wyoming and then waking up for the fourth? Hey, that's cool. As long as I won, that's all that matters. I'm three and sure number three in the country. That's I'm all sure that is. matters. I know they'll blow everybody so, out the rest of the season as long as they take them seriously. Hey, that's all right. They'll still go 12 and I still believe that. I just want to say something I told you before. Arkansas' offensive line is weak. I knew they'd lose to BYU. I said it three months ago. 
Arkansas was outplayed. BYU is the better team. All these injury stuff and blah, blah, blah that we hear all the time. Arkansas is not that good. They're going to get drilled by LSU Saturday. I hate to say that. They're 18 and a half point underdog. They'll get beat by more than that. Okay, Brian, thanks for your call. Good to hear from you today. 877-377-6963 to get with us here. Bradford texts in. He says, Brian's not lying about the offensive line. Well, they weren't They weren't very good. They were not very good this past week. Hey, it's it's SEC's tough. It, it's, it's tough to win on the road. You see Florida-Tennessee game. Uh, Florida looked like a different team right there. You know, they didn't they didn't look like the, the team that went up there and played Utah. Uh, and maybe Utah's pretty good, you know. But uh, that was uh, – it's tough to win on the road. It's, it's going to be tough. Tough for the Hogs next week. I'll be rooting so hard for BYU in Austin on October the 28th. That's a bye week. I'm wearing blue all week. Let's go, Cougars. Let's go, I'll be, Cougars. I'll be, I'll be, I will be wearing as much blue and white and, and BYU gear as I can get you my like hands their, on that week. You like their coach, the, the, the BYU coach? He Sataki, seemed, yeah. He's, I like, he seemed like a, a likable. I, I like our coach. I'm not saying anything like that. I, I love Coach Pittman. I, 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 I like the guy. Um but I, when watching him and his mannerisms and how he interacted with the team, he seemed like somebody I'd want to play for, you know, when you're watching that. And so I, I didn't know how you, you got to see it kind of firsthand. And I like the hire he made at defensive, at defensive coordinator, Jay Hill from Weber State. And mm-hmm. He totally changed what that defense does, the way that they play. Well, they let their even, playmakers make plays. Well, you know? even in this last game, and I, mean, I was expecting more blitzes. They didn't blitz very much. They just kind of beat Arkansas up front with four men. They blitzed a little bit. Just, I don't think as much as they usually do. And they still got to, uh, they still collapsed that pocket fairly easily at times. Passion is something that exists in all of us. I know we got a lot of passionate Hog fans listening right now. And I know that all of you love football season. Dave Bushkill and his team over at Eastside Liquor are the exact same way. They can take care of all your tailgating and party needs, whether it's just a few beers or alcohol in bulk. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith to check off every item on your list. Eastside Liquor, your number one stop for Arkansas football this season. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Prize Picks is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? Well, you pick two to six players, and if they will go for more or less than their Prize Picks projection. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Find out all about it at prizepicks.com slash HTL and use code HTL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash HTL and use the code HTL for that first deposit match of up to $100. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. Prizepicks.com, daily fantasy sports made easy. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. A release of the Arkansas-Texas A&M kickoff time will be an 11 o'clock morning game. Which I don't think is any surprise after having back-to-back night games. You're going to have your uh, first 11 o'clock kickoff for the year. And then uh, the week after that is the Ole Miss game. So week by week, start to plan everything about a little less than two weeks out. Can't be surprised that, you know, if Arkansas starts 3-0 and and A&M starts 3-0, and then potentially that game might be at night. Um, what are the other games that you have that weekend that would CBS be interested in? Uh, Alabama A&M, that'll, that, that may be a CBS game. Georgia-Auburn, potentially. You're really starting to get more into the SEC schedule uh, as well, which, uh, of course, for Arkansas starts this week. 
And that's where rubber really meets road. And that's why that's partially why the, the loss to BYU is so disappointing. You want to win your non-conference games. You want to win your home games, especially when they all come together. And then sometimes it feels like the SEC schedule is the wild card. So I thought they would start 3-0. I planned um, on doing two different or three different predictions for the season. We talked about it before camp starts. We talked about it the day before the season opened against Western Carolina. Both times I said nine wins, see a road potentially to ten. I'm not sure if I see that right now, but I'll put some more thought into it, and I'll come out with another prediction by the end of the week. I, Phil, I, I like our defense. I, th- I think we're improved, just just talent wise. I think there's more talent on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, we have a veteran quarterback. Uh, he he can distribute the ball. He, he he runs. I mean, he's he's competent and confident. He he can play, man. He's high level player. Uh, yeah, it's it's up front. That's that's kind of where it is. That's that's what uh, you got to figure. I like what what you said that coach said that they're going to move the pocket a little bit. So if you move the pocket, Phil, what it's able to do it's able for KJ to keep his eyes downfield. You do a lot of high low reads, a lot of, a lot of kind of bring our low to high. However you're gonna however you're gonna do it, but a moving pocket always if if it's if it's open and you see green grass, KJ can get seven eight twelve yards, step out of bounds and and keep it going. You know and and as far as KJ running the ball, I think he's 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 running the ball fine. I, I mean it's 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 smart for him that there's a time and place to lower your shoulder and and to and to if it's on the goal line. Uh, uh, if it's fourth down, if you're trying to get that first down, well, after you after you get the first down and you and you get a big game, man, you you got to get out of bounds and protect yourself. I wonder where he's suffering, uh, where he's hurt right now. I mean, Sam Pittman said about an hour ago that he was a little banged up going into the BYU game. He even mentioned a couple of the offensive linemen are dealing with hand issues. Right, So they're not able necessarily to use their fingers, which I would think that you wouldn't be holding quite as much then. But I do wonder about, we don't know where KJ's hurt or how severe it is or anything. It might not be too severe because he played the entire game. But I do wonder about it. Like there were a couple of plays against Kent State where he did lower his shoulder and knock that safety out of the game twice. I do wonder if maybe that affected him in some way. And the first play of the game, lowered his shoulder into a safety, took him out. I don't know if we saw him take on a defender quite like that again. But we, I mean, there's all these questions as to why did KJ not cut back with the five yard line when he's going one on one against them. There are a couple of defenders behind him there, but I there there are some some situations where we've seen KJ the past two years take that defender on near the goal line. In this case, he did not, and that goes against was, what he, I think, what he probably views himself as a player. So there's two things to go into this. One, he either is now listening to the coaches about, we need you on the field, you can't get hurt, or there was something going on in his body that he didn't feel that was a good moment for him to take a defender on. I, I really believe, Phil, because it was it was closer to about the eight or the seven where he did that. You're right. I believe if he was at the goal line right there, if he was at the one or two when that defender was getting over, he would have. You know, and that's the difference. I mean, it was a small. We AJ Green scored what? Either the next play or two plays later, mm-hmm. he got the ball first and ten in the red zone. A big run, smart. I thought that was a heady play by him uh, to to stay out there because it, as much as it, it it's going on and people can say they like the backup quarterback, he doesn't have the reps. He he doesn't have the the body of work that KJ has. You got to have KJ out there if, if we're going to have a chance to win some of these games. Go to Allen in Alma on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Good afternoon, Allen. How are you? Fine, you guys. How are y'all today? Doing good. How are you, Alan? I'm all right. That that Brian from Mozart, he hurts my ears. I'm sorry, but he just, he, he burns my ears up. And uh, I'm just going to be glad when next year comes. We won't be hearing much out of him, I don't think. Okay. What do you think, then? Because... Well, whenever the, uh, they join the SEC, it's going to be a whole different ball game than what uh, they're playing now in the Big 12. I just well, don't think Texas is going to be as good as, you know, he better enjoy that number three rank and they won't keep, keep it very long, I don't think. Well, I say this. They, Texas certainly looked like a team that can that can handle an SEC team in Tuscaloosa two weeks ago. It's not the same Texas team or the same Texas program Arkansas uh, threw around Razorback Stadium in 2021. 
All right, Alan, good to hear from you. Thank you very much. Miss Lisa's up next. Hi, Miss Lisa. How are you? Well, I'm going to be real nice. Now, I'm not going to say nothing dirty or nasty, so y'all bear with me because I'm a few inches shy. My husband's working on the roof, and I'm thinking about climbing the ladder and jumping off. I am so upset. Not with the coach. I'm not calling for his head to be delivered to me on a platter. I'm, I'm just sick. I went to a junior high football game Thursday night in Walnut Ridge. My little great nephew is the quarterback. They went, they were fourth and one. He's long, tall, and skinny. And he fell forward and got two yards. I don't understand why we think we got to throw the ball. I, I need someone to explain to me why any offensive coordinator or coach, I guess he gets the final say, I don't know, why if you like one yard and you've got a six four, two 250-pound quarterback, you throw it backwards. Matt, you never did that. I watched you play every game you played. You never did that. And I'll tell you something else. I'll be at A&M game on the Little Rock Tours bus. Now I got to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Y'all announced it's 11 o'clock. Did I hear y'all right? Yeah, but you know that you had to expect that. You really had to expect that would be well, a little Well, I had to expect it, but I was hoping it would at least be at noon, one, or something. But that's that's neither here nor there. I'm going, and I'll be cheering just as loud. But listen, we've got some tough games coming up. We need it. But let me say this about BYU. They're a humanitarian program. I don't know if yeah. this has been brought up. They brought 40,000, 40,000 pounds of food and gave it to the Fayetteville Food Bank and then turned around and brought backpacks filled with school supplies for all the Burlesworth kids. So I give them an A for effort on that. But y'all, they were, they were slow. They, they didn't have this outstanding offense. I mean, I hate to bring it up. I think our defense, I'm like Matt. I agree with you, Matt. I think the defense, and I like the new defensive coordinator. But they didn't have that big of and rowdy of a defense. And the, we let them have 38 points. I mean, I don't know where to go from here, but what time do we play LSU start, uh, Saturday night? Six o'clock. If you leave Little Rock at 12, you might make it on time. Well, I'm not going Saturday. I'm not from uh, A&M out. I'll be at every game, but I'm not going. I've been to LSU once, and I promised the good Lord, Jehovah God, if he would get me out of there, I'd never go back. And so far, I've kept my promise. Now, I go when we play in Fayetteville. I just don't go down there. I got spit on and everything else. But maybe they can get it together. We beat them down there before. They're beatable. And listen, the SEC, I watched all kinds of games Saturday. Alabama looked bad. They barely won, but they won. LSU, they looked okay, but they were playing. I forgot who they were playing. A&M, I, I think we should beat them. Um, who else? Georgia, barely. I mean, the SEC as a whole doesn't look good. And the team, the two teams I just despise the worst in the whole SEC, Auburn and Ole Miss, they both look pretty doggone good. And I'm I'm going to all of I'm I'm going to them. So I'll if I'm alive, if I don't jump off the house, but it won't kill me. It'll break me every which way, and I'll be in a body cast for the next 10 years. But <laughs> who called that play on fourth and one? Was it the offense? That's all I'm asking. Now, get off here. Oh, the okay. offensive coordinator, or does Sam Pittman have the final say? 
Miss Lisa, it's good to hear from you. You know the head coach always has the final say on a play. He has veto power over over whatever is being called. And and Sam is, has, has talked about that previously. So, yeah, it's called by Enos, but it's also approved by Sam Pittman. You know, we talk about quarterback play across the SEC maybe being a little bit down. You know what really seems like it's off? Offensive line play across the league. Tennessee can't run block. South Carolina can't pass block. We've already talked about Arkansas's problems. Alabama's offensive line is a mess. A mess. So, And, and these are places that have been built on good offensive lines at times. Um, that, that's also part of it. Maybe the league isn't quite as physical as it's been in previous years. Uh, more text coming in here. Dennis in Springdale says he notices Dominique Johnson has zero lateral movement now. Uh, I haven't watched close enough to de- to determine whether or not I don't look. It doesn't look like he's wearing any any braces any longer on those knees. Uh, so I do wonder about having him on in a fourth and inches situation instead of Dubinian. Uh, because I mean, even if he can't move laterally, he's moving forward and he's moving. He's he's able to run forward just fine. And that's your biggest running back, almost 255 pounds. So, yeah, it is a down year in the SEC. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And with another, another what, another eight or nine weeks to go, still have a lot of time for this league to look like it has. I just don't know if that happens this year. What's the latest on Rocket? Is uh, Do we know if he's going to be a play? I mean, we, it, we don't have to know now, but do you think he's going to play against LSU? Is it doesn't right? look like there's anything concrete yeah. about his availability yeah. for LSU. So I have a sense, Matt, that's going to be an ongoing story, and we'll probably get the definitive answer sometime Wednesday. I and like, on Wednesday, that definitive answer might be, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I like number two, McLaughlin, man. I hope his turf toe, you know, you hope he's healthy because, man, he he looked good out there at times. That, he got beat once against BYU that, that, on a really well-thrown yeah. ball. But otherwise, I mean, he caused a fumble. Played oh, well man. otherwise. He's, thought the corners were fine. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.